There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast here on TalkSport's Fight Night feed. And every Monday night, we're here for you on TalkSport 2, coming up. We're going to talk about the latest band of WWE releases and what it could mean for the company going forward. We'll discuss Edge's return and SmackDown. Is it starting to get a little stale, even with Roman doing the fine work he's doing and everything around it? We'll talk about WWE returning to the UK for an upcoming tour later this year. Plus, we're joined by WWE superstar Mansoor. We'll talk some Impact. We'll talk some AEW and Kenny Omega as well. All coming up on the show here on Sports. That felt very generic that I said we'll talk Kenny Omega. I mean, his massive main event with Jungle Boy, how he continues to carry that top end of the brand, but how good their mid-card is comparatively with WWE as well. We'll all be in the conversation. And we started off the show on TalkSport 2 this past week on the note of the WWE releases. 14 wrestlers were given their marching orders on, uh, I believe it was Friday, they were let go. Uh, it's a sh- it's a big shame, um, you know, especially when you look at Fandango, Tyler Breeze, and uh, Fa- sorry, because I, I, I said Breezango, I was like, hey, that's not their name. Fandango I got confused. Breezango with Tyler Breeze and Fandango being a tag team, of course, that have done so much in WWE. Lest we forget, Tyler Breeze fought Yushin Thunder Liger, Will, um, you know, in his only ever WWE appearance. So such a shame to see people like that go. But if we were to run down the list, Tony Nese and his 76 abs have been released. <laughs> uh, Aya Divari, August Gray, that was a surprise, by the way. Um, real name Anthony Green, big hit. I believe at the performance center and very well liked uh, from his independent run. Very weird. Ever rise as well. Like I know they were kind of jobbers in the tag scene in NXT, but Chase Parker, Matt Martell, I know they'd won many fans with their charisma. Um, Kurt Stallion's another one. The Bollywood Boys, who of course many of you may recall as the Singh brothers alongside Jinder Mahal. Uh, Arturo Ruas, who was kind of an MMA style fighter. Marina Shafir, 
who is wife of Roddy Strong and was a uh, member of the Four Horsewomen of MMA. Of course, Jessamine Duke was released last month as well, just leaving Shayna Baszler and the expecting Ronda Rousey. Killian Dane was also let go. Did, that did, means... Go sorry, on. just checking on that. We're expecting Ronda Rousey to return. You're not saying Ronda Rousey is expecting, right? I've not missed a massive piece of Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is expecting. Yeah. What? How have I missed that entirely? How did you miss that? Yeah, she (laughs) she is. Oh my god, that is sensational. Like, when did that happen? How under a rock have I been? Yeah, a couple of months ago, she announced a a big thing on. Yeah, come on, brother. Well, absolutely Uh, delighted for you, Ronda. I'm. I somehow missed that story entirely. I can only apologise. I mean, I know she's a big I'm fan. Sure she's definitely right. listening. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure we're both right. She will be expecting to return at some point. Um, but yes, she is due to have a child this year. And also, uh, so Killian Dane is obviously another miss. Uh, he was a part of a tag team with Drake Maverick. And he now, his wife, Nikki Cross, is the last standing member of Sanity, which is pretty Mad. crazy to think about. Uh, and Tino Sabatelli as well. Uh, amazing body on that bloke. He has been let go for the second time. He was actually let go in the uh, original releases in 2020 to be brought back in November, but he's been let go again. So that is the 14 that have got their marching orders. But I think a story in amongst that, Will, is the writer, Kenise Mobley, who in an interview that same week had said that she didn't know a thing about WWE. She'd been hired as a writer. They were fine with her not knowing anything. She didn't know who the WWE champion was. And, of course, there were some fans who didn't like that. And a week later, unfortunately, she's lost her job. So whether you believe it was ill-advised, the interview, or maybe WWE should have said, perhaps don't celebrate. You know, we don't mind you don't know anything, but maybe don't celebrate it. Either way, however you chop it up, I really feel sorry for that writer. So, yeah. A lot of people lost their jobs. Now, for me, it's obviously seeing this slew. This is more, more what you maybe expect when you hear there are going to be WWE releases. Releases more developmental talent, more kind of uh, either developmental but not gone anywhere, or people on the lower end of the roster. We had some much bigger names released last time around, but it is Breeze Ango, Tyler Breeze, and, and Fandango, and, and I guess Killian Dane to a lesser extent. You know, he's someone who has been featured heavily in NXT previously, but maybe never really grabbed those those runs by the bull. Uh, look, I, I for me, uh, by the horns, as it were, uh, for me, it's just those two because they are so entertaining. When given the opportunity to actually wrestle and prove themselves, they've been brilliant. And you were hearing some fantastic stories. The, the Bailey story about just how much Breeze has, has helped her throughout yeah. her career, so much so, so that she writes on her tape, what would Tyler do, or WWTD, uh, on her tape before match and whenever she's you know trying to decide where the story of a match needs to move or whatever she knows she can look down and it'll give her a little moment of inspiration it just kind of shows that clearly these are very liked guys and as much as you might be able to point the finger at you know it's the nature of the contracts whether you might be able to say there's budgetary reasons and everything else if you keep losing popular guys who are popular amongst your top tier talent then you're only going to start annoying people and i i kind of yeah. i don't know i find the whole thing <laughs> It's people have lost jobs. That's obviously something that's difficult and horrible to talk about, anyway. But I don't know. I, I think that's a really disappointing one for me. Yeah, and I think the composition of a locker room is is actually very, very important. Um, particularly 
you know, from a sports background, I, I know people will be able to understand this, but it, the people and the personalities you are with on a daily basis, particularly wrestlers who I know they haven't during the pandemic, but typically travel the world together, see them more than their family. It's uh, it's very delicate sometimes that you have to get rid of these people. I think Fandango, in particular, is one of the biggest misses in recent memory. Like Johnny Curtis, who he performed as in NXT originally, if he could have just been him, I'm sure he could have done a lot more. You know, he's a good-looking guy, charismatic, good high energy in the ring. He had, he had a lot of tools that would have took him very far, but and as entertaining as Breezango was, it seems to be that's all WWE ever saw that he could be. So um, it's a shame. I mean, I, I like to think of Breezango versus the Usos at Backlash 2017. That was a classic, uh, probably the best match they had um, from a Breezango standpoint, I should state. Um, you know, it's it's a big shame that guys like that have to go missing. And yeah, I think you're totally right with Tyler Breeze. His, you know, you look at Xavier Woods as well, and he's a vital component of Up, Up, Down, Down, which is also like a WWE product these days. It just sucks, man, to see these people have to depart. And the, the, the worrying thing is, three months in a row, we've had these big, big cuts, April into May and June. And every time WWE have said it's budgetary reasons, budget cuts are why they are getting rid of these superstars. But man, I where where does it end then? Like, what's what's the goal they're looking to get to? I wonder. Um, it's a lot of people, I guess, like that they're really getting rid of because they obviously stacked up just before the pandemic with all the money deals and the birth of AEW, whether they want to admit that or not. Um, and now those people who thought they had great deals or safe places to work will they don't. Some proverbial chickens coming home to roost from that period of time. Look, we're going to talk more about the releases because we're going to be uh, speaking to a couple of guys over the course of the show. So Steve Macklin, who's now in Impact Wrestling, his former tag team partner in WWE, Weston Blake as well, joining the show. Uh, later, Impact X Division champion Josh Alexander, WWE Saudi Arabian star Mansoor, who's now on Raw. Plus, we'll talk about Edge's return and plans for money in the bank as well. Uh, we have had announced... A first UK tour for WWE in almost two years, kicking off in Newcastle on Sunday, the 19th of September. It will then go through London and the O2 Arena for what I'm assuming will be Monday Night Raw on the 20th, and then Cardiff uh, and the uh, the Motor Point Arena used for NXT UK TakeOver. Uh, they will, they're having it for the 21st of September, not NXT UK TakeOver, the same arena, I mean. And it all uh-huh. finishes on Glasgow on September the 22nd. Do we know that's definitely a Raw on the Monday? Or have I just, you know, thrown no, that out don't. there and actually... Because um, so... it could be the SmackDown roster coming over and, and doing you're right. You're right to You are right to presume, because you and I know, historically speaking, that is what they do on the Monday at the O2. But WWE actually did confirm to me that it is a pure SmackDown tour. So there will oh, be there a raw emanate. There will be a raw emanating from uh, America that same day. Whereas we will be having the SmackDown roster uh, performing uh, that show. So yeah, it's a pure SmackDown tour. Of course, there is set to be a draft August thirtieth, and I believe I think it's September fifth. Don't quote me on that. Either way, that week of TV is for the draft. And so what's being plugged now, Roman, Bailey, Sasha, Bianca, Usos, um, we're not certain that will be the crew that comes over for the tour, but more than likely a handful of them absolutely will. 
Well, uh, it's been noted, of course, by a member of the Raw roster, Drew McIntyre, that uh, they're going to have to wrestle him to get him off the plane. He said it's been too long. For me, it's a case of even if he still stays on Raw when the draft happens, although I could imagine a move to SmackDown, certainly. um, Yes. If, if, if he ends up staying on Raw, you can imagine that he'll still come over and do some crossover stuff because he's just... Oh, be madness percent. not to have him there. Madness. I, I spoke to him at, like straight after the news and I was like, I bet you're gagging for a trade. Um, <laughs> and he was just like, you know, he, he was like, seriously, like, they're going to have to fight me to stop me going there. Like He is dead set on being there for this tour. Their Glasgow welcome will be insane. I hope WWE record it and put it on social because I just bet the pop will be amazing um but man they've picked great places i know like the midlands we should absolutely go to to glasgow as well as to london i mean i'm not against it will uh you know we we we, we've said we would do live shows this raw in london on the monday i'm just saying man like the the hope is there we're gonna have interviews with some of the guys when they're over so that is a plan but if you want to go touring brother i'm I'm not going to be opposed to it. Um, keep, but keep your I eyes guess, peeled, I, I wanna... ladies and gentlemen. This is a live production meeting, as we like to have on these shows. But yeah, yeah we, that, do, that, we that, do. That, that, that is, you know, I, I'm I'm selling hard for it. I really hope that we can I do a do wanna... live shows, but maybe go around a bit as well. Oh, one thousand percent, man! Like we're both we're both gagging for that, no doubt. Um, you know, hopefully SummerSlam still happens. That's up in the air. But I do just want to add on this note that I've seen a lot of people being like, "Oh, they're not coming to like Birmingham." Manchester, Sheffield, which are kind of like hotbeds for WWE. But also, this is just a SmackDown tour. And there are hopes. Um, I can't confirm it, obviously, as of yet, because it's not official. But there are hopes that the Raw team will obviously get over later in the year, perhaps in the usual November slot. And maybe they would hit those towns on that run. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I know that they're trying to get to Saudi Arabia this year as well. And they usually do that in November. So I would say keep your eyes peeled for November. Well, on that point, we'll be speaking with Saudi Arabian superstar Mansoor a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk Edge's return, money in the bank plans. Uh, a quick mention for uh, AEW, because obviously they've got their farewell to, to Jacksonville show coming up next week. Um, mm. and, and then they're off on tour themselves. You know, it, it was a relatively perfunctory episode of TV from AEW this past oh, week. But the main event word. with Jungle Boy. Thank you. I appreciate it. But the main uh, event with Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega... Um, it sung for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it, despite the fact that obviously you you always knew that it was going to end the way it ended. I loved the just the character work from Kenny of earlier in the show, like when he strokes Jungle Boy's hair and like makes a big deal of it, and then uses the hair in the finish uh, was just a lovely little thing I wanted to mention that I caught my eye and loved it. Uh, all in all. I just, I, 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 just a banger from Jungle Boy, and he's someone who who has a great career ahead of him. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited for AW to go on tour and start getting in front of proper arenas full of fans. I think it's going to be exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, and that's the thing. I think it's the Chicago show is all out, right? Like, there's a hope for us maybe being there too, and hopefully doing <sighs> some stuff. Stop um, it! You're teasing you know. me. I know, but, you know, talks are happening, brother. Um, so it, it's one of them things for AEW. I, I feel like the weekend slots have really hurt them in terms of, like, the product they've put out and obviously the people that have watched. But last night's show was, was their best in a month or more, I would say, easily. It was a very, very good Dynamite. And now they're back on Wednesday with a loaded card that I can't wait to see. You know, Bucks, I think, Kingston uh, in there as well. 
Sammy and MJF. There's a lot of good stuff going in AEW. And you're right. The tip of the iceberg was certainly Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega last night. Uh, the the wave of young talent underneath the established talent AEW have got right now, I would argue, is probably the best of the world. Edge has returned immediately to the title picture. I, I don't know how I fully feel about this, considering the build for Rollins and, and for Reigns was starting to get me hyped. Um, I don't know where they're going with this, but I, I, it, how did you feel about Friday night, firstly? Let me tell you something, Will. Uh, let me tell you something, brother. Uh, for Edge and Rollins, I feel like this is just to get us to that at SummerSlam. And let me explain why. If you watch SmackDown on Friday, there was a whole segment of Seth Rollins going to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville saying, Reigns is going to announce his next challenger tonight. It should be me. I have all the credentials and the accolades. I want to be the next guy. And they said, yeah, fine. Like, we'll take it under advisement. Of course, Edge would come out and make his statement at the end of the night and spearing through barricades and being the Anglo-Saxon that he is these days. But that, you know, I, I think on Talking Smack after the show, they then announced that Edge and Reigns singles money in the bank. I have to imagine Rollins is going to cost Edge or do something to Edge uh, in and around Money in the Bank, and that's going to get us on the way to SummerSlam, which is then will be the point where Roman is paired off with Cena. Um, none of that is confirmed, of course. This is like fantasy booking, but we had heard that Rollins and Edge had been confirmed, and I just don't think the tease of Rollins wanting to be Rangers challenger and then Edge just taking it, I don't think they will scoot over that. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So we're not getting Rollins and Reigns at SummerSlam. You think we're getting Reigns and Edge? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. I I had always said. Rollins and Reigns because you know I've been watching WWE long enough when you see the teases there and all the build-up that they've been doing during the angle of Cesaro and just the the little nods to it I thought they're definitely going somewhere with this and it's natural right Seth Rollins is probably the biggest opponent Reigns could have on a full-time prospect on Smackdown having said that uh 
Edge coming back at this point, obviously, is a spanner in the works. We don't know what John Cena is doing exactly. All we can work off is the reports that have been circulating at the moment. If I was just watching this strictly as a TV product, I would still believe that Reigns and Rollins is the end destination, which you would presume to be SummerSlam. But all of these reports of Cena's involvement and the want of Rollins and Edge, and you know, I haven't personally heard anything to either of those, but obviously they're coming from very credible people. So it's, it's, diff it's a very difficult one to weigh up. It is. Um, but I, I do believe Reigns and Rollins happen somewhere. And I would have been happy with it at, rest at SummerSlam. But if it is Rollins and Edge and Reigns and Cena, I'm not going to be upset, Will. Yeah, though, though, there are a couple of bangers there, no doubtly. I, I am... I have to say, Friday night wasn't the best episode of SmackDown overall. And I think there is a little bit of a problem potentially creeping in. Rematch. Yeah, it's so many rematches. Like, the women's division right now, in the midst of releasing people left, right and centre, it feels like, feels so thin. We're getting Bailey for a third time for Bianca mm. because there's basically no one else right now. Um, and and it's essentially it is the Roman Reigns show, which we've known that for a while, but that doesn't mean that the other stuff around it can't be good as well. Say so that about AEW earlier in the show, but you know, as much as that main event was the thing that was really worth talking about, and Omega is doing phenomenal work, the whole card worked for me on uh, on Friday night for them, and I just. I just feel like there is, you know, the, the tag division means nothing right now. The women's division feels thin despite having a champion that we're all kind of super keen on. Um, I, I just, I mean, Big E and Apollo had a good match, but then they've been in each other's proximity so much as of late that I just, why am I going to get that, that hyped about it? It's good I chemistry, been, but... Eh. Yeah, I, I hear you, but I, I think Big E and Apollo have been in... 14 matches together in some capacity this year. 14. That's on TV, by the way. Um, and, yeah, like next week they've got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the last man standing to get in Money in the Bank. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at that. Who would be? You'd be crazy. But you're right. Like, why did Carmella get just put into the Money in the Bank? I'll tell you why. Because they don't have enough people to make battle for it. But they still made Liv Morgan battle for it with Carmella in a very nonsensical fashion where Sonya was like, don't worry, Carmella, you're in, but you still have to fight Liv Morgan to see if she's going in. Um, that was very weird. Uh, the, yeah, the the balance of the roster is all over the place. I, I, I do believe that they're just keeping Bailey close to Bianca for the inevitable Sasha return for SummerSlam. It's probably presumptuous of me, but I, I have to believe that's the direction because what else have they got? Um... Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. You know, Shinsuke and, and Corbin, they finally wrapped up. That was another rematch-centric feud that they were going off. And there's just too much of that in WWE full stop. But SmackDown had normally done well to avoid it because SmackDown is such a deep and talented roster that the Roman show and everything that trickles down from it is normally great. And having said that, I did enjoy Jimmy Uso being in action with Dolph Ziggler. Um, but yeah, it's a, it is a difficult... A difficult thing for WWE to get out of that habit because AEW, they are the complete opposite. They don't do many rematches, certainly week upon week either. Um, whereas WWE, their idea of a feud sometimes is just a series of matches, which I don't think it actually is. So, yeah, they have some work to do uh, in some departments. And I think you hit the nail on the head with Bailey and Bianca. I love both women, but after the Hell in a Cell, do you need to stick with it? You know what I mean? Like... 
that's, 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 that's ripe for another direction. Yeah, 100%. 110%. Uh, like, Edge coming back is great. And Edge is entertaining and he can hold his own on a mic opposite Roman. And I'm sure we'll have a great match with Seth and all of that works for me. All of, Like, we'll have a good match with Roman. We'll end up having a good match with Seth as well. And all of that works for me. But they need to sort out the mid-card in a big, big way. We've got, as we know, Big E now going to money in the bank. Um, he, I mean, he feels like he would be a worthy winner if they're going to continue his singles push, uh, even yeah. though we've talked lots of times about the, the case works better on a heel. Um, uh, we've, as you said, Owens and Zayn. Do, uh, do you think the Rumble's better you, for Big E? But by the way, yeah, the, I mean, the Rumble is potentially better for Big E. Uh, I'd love a mania moment from him. Uh, they, it seems a long way away right now. Maybe that six months yeah. will disappear, but what do you do? Give him another mid-card run with a mid-card title first? Do you draft him across and get it and put the, the, the I was going to call the European title for a minute. God, what is it? 1992? Bring it back! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> God, getting tired, clearly. Um, like, <laughs> does feel a long, long way off. Did you see on the point of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? Did you see the um, somebody posted highlights of El Generico against uh, Kenny Omega? Omega. An yeah. absolute banger. And someone was like, oh, look, here's Sami Zayn against it. And he quote tweeted it, pretending he wasn't El Generico. And it just made me pop a little bit. It gave me a real gig. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. The whole, uh, oh, actually, but it was still a very good match. Yeah, very good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you that the draft is obviously going to be very telling in where we're going because I hope they don't just believe that Roman in all his infinite greatness right now will solve all of Raw's problem and they move him. I really hope that doesn't happen. That would be just a band-aid over an absolute gunshot wound that is the three-hour Raw. Um, at at, at the same time, at the same time, I, I don't hate the idea of moving Roman across if you do the old belt swap because if we're if we're trying to build towards a mania match with the rock or whatever it is that they they you know if they're going to continue this dominant run for all the way through until at least the next wrestlemania switching him over gives him a whole new reign of people to run through before we start yeah. getting into too many smackdown rematch territory although obviously you can bring people over to him as well yeah, you don't have to, to move it the mountain you can right. yeah exactly yeah. no that's fair that's yeah. fair just Roman, arguing with myself Roman's at this options. point. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need me? I don't know. <laughs> I must say though, Will, before before we get into like the other interviews and stuff, I don't know. I don't think you're going to have heard the Mansoor interview yet. But have you seen the line from it about what he did in Shane McMahon's dressing room? No. Go on. Oh God, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. I don't want to ruin it for the listeners that are about to hear it, but it is one of the greatest untold stories in wrestling history. So good that as he was telling it, he was like, "I really don't know if I should tell you this." Um, you know, he'd only just started in the company, and oh, it's great. It is great. It's a gem that we've unearthed here on Talk the, Wrestling. I mean, this is a, 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 a the a other level tease to me that means yeah. i'm desperate to hear that interview right now and we have to wait another half an hour and and i you know i'm sure that the josh alexander interview is going to be fantastic i'm he looking forward great. to josh it. josh is great by the way yeah there we go fine so let, let's not throw him under the bus by talking about how good the <laughs> story is that you'll be getting in about an hour from now but it's going to be a cracking story you'll have to tell me when we uh when we get off um 
Al, is there anything else we need to make sure we've covered from the news? I want to make sure that we have done the world of wrestling, the service it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, the releases have obviously dominated a lot of it. And I know that in terms of their known compete clauses, typically those in NXT, it is 30 days. So there is that. Um, you can expect to see them sooner rather than later. But, you know, I do thought there's some interesting tidbits this week particularly um, Matt Hardy saying that he very much wants Jeff to come to AEW to finish his career and the Hardy boys to be a tag team. And he even went as far as to say he's confident it would happen. So I think that is something to obviously put a bit of stock into because the way Jeff's being used in WWE right now, I can't imagine he's thinking to himself, no, no, Matthew, on your own. Um, very much looks like it's going to be happening. Uh, there was another interesting story I don't know if you saw this on After the Bell with uh, AJ Styles. He, he was on there with, with Corey Graves this week and he was talking about Matt Riddle. Uh, I really want to find the quote before I actually get into it. But he said something to the effect of that his son met him. Uh, he goes, there was a time where my son was with us on a bus and Matt came in and we were just talking. Matt leaves and my son goes, oh my God, he really talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so good, Matt Riddle. Um, and I do obviously uh, want to say as well, unless you've good. seen, you may or may not have seen NXT UK this week, it was a good show, and it looks like we're heading to Volta Dragonov 2. Very exciting. If that's going to be in front of fans for the first time, oh, I'm here for it. If that gets I on an NXT UK takeover be, in front of fans. I don't want to be the spoiler here, Will, but I believe they've already recorded it. Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be the dampener, but I, I, I can't have, you know, given out false hope here to you All or right. anyone else. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast on your Fight Night feed. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. If you subscribe, if you review, if you rate us, it does help more people find the show. If you want us to keep bringing you the finest sports entertainment every single Monday night on TalkSport 2, that is going to be your best way of supporting us. We really appreciate it every week. Interview-wise this week, we had some great stuff on the show. Impact X Division champion Josh Alexander. We spoke with former WWE star Weston Blake. But the one we wanted to bring you for the podcast this week because it contains a couple of absolute cracking stories, including one about Shane O'Mac's dressing room. Just listen out for it. It's absolutely hilarious. Here is WWE's superstar, born and raised in Saudi Arabia, now on Monday Night Raw, Mansoor. For you on Talk Wrestling. Mansoor, the man making moves over in Raw these days. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Delighted to have you. And, uh, man, speaking of that, right, you, you're still only, what, 25, I believe? Yeah, 25 years old, soon to be 26 in October. And you've already made the moves. Like, you know, it, Triple H long said about, like, local globalization and all of that stuff. And I guess you're one of the first real pieces of evidence of that right making the journey from Saudi Arabia like all the way to the main roster in WWE like I guess is it still a pinch yourself kind of thing sometimes that you're you know just you're, you're at the beginning of your journey but still the strides you've made are amazing I think that uh you know a lot of people say that that wrestlers kind of hit their peak in their early to mid 30s uh, and I understand why, because uh, it's sort of a, a mix between, well, are you still physically able to do all the things that you would normally be able to do, but also that level of experience and intelligence comes a long, a long way. And uh, particularly because like as a 25 year old in WWE, where previously before signing here, I figured, yeah, I, I think I'll get to WWE eventually, maybe when I'm 
30, 31, 32. And then out of completely nowhere, finding out about the Saudi tryout and being thrust into the situation because, you know, I, I had to take that opportunity as a 25 year old in this company and, and kind of being put into this position. It's almost like, I don't even know who I am yet. <laughs> so how am I yeah. supposed to present a, a sort of uh, a character or larger than life presentation to the world? I think that's kind of been the hardest part of, of, of this transition is, is sort of, um, you know, when people ask me like, well, who is Mansoor? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping sort of that the experiences and the, the life lessons that I learn on the way, hopefully to success is, will help me, you know, further along down the line. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm no like Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn. Those guys were here, you know, before they could even drink or drive. So, or rent a car. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of up there in terms of the, the youth of the roster. So, you know, there's, there's good and bad. Let's talk about that then. Like you said, the tryout being in Saudi and stuff. And I understand that you had wrestled like a bit before the tryout. So you weren't like completely new or anything like that. Just give us a, a, a bit of a background on how long you'd been wrestling when this opportunity arose and, and how the wheels got turning. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in, in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia uh, until I was about 11 years old. Uh, and then I moved to the United States um, where, you know, I was blessed and, and lucky enough to actually be able to pursue my dream and get professional wrestling training, uh, starting in my, uh, senior year of high school. So I, I would be about 17 or 18 years old. Um, that was instrumental for me in laying that foundation of experience, uh, because when that tried eventually occurred right after I graduated from college, uh, I was the only person at the tryout with experience, which was a huge boon for me. Um, I was living in uh, San Francisco at the time uh, with my current wife, uh, who at the time was my girlfriend from college. And uh, I was working as a, I don't, do you know what an escape room is? Yeah, man, we have them in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I was working as like a, as an escape room employee, as kind of like a, like I would act in the in the scenarios. Where like, <laughs> oh my god, you have to escape this jail, and I'd be the 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 cop, being like, you're not gonna get out of here alive, right? So <laughs> it was a fun little job, and and on the side, I would do my my indie uh, bookings, uh, which were sort of. Um, you know, not, I wouldn't say few and far between, but it was definitely sort of a weekend gig. I wasn't making, I wasn't being flown out to do any indies. You know, I wasn't a big deal. I was just kind of getting my footing in. It was my first year of full-time professional wrestling on the independence. So I was excited to sort of make a name for myself and, and establish, uh, you know, who I am on the independent scene. And then out of nowhere, my older brother who introduced me to professional wrestling, Bilal, he sent me the link to the article saying that there was going to be a tryout for WWE in Saudi Arabia. And I was like, Whoa, like that's really weird. Uh, yeah. But they're not going to want me. Right. And he was like, of course they're going to want you. Like you need to, you need to apply. You need to apply now. And I was like, nah, I don't think it's worth it. Like, which is so bizarre to say now, but at the time, like you have to understand that that sort of like pessimism is sort of innate in an indie wrestler, especially sure. one at my size, you think, Oh, they want bodybuilders. They want, you know, MMA guys, stuff, football players, stuff like that. Um, almost like you, you, you don't, it's kind of hard to explain it. It kind of sounds lame, but it's almost like you're scared that if you try and fail, you're never going to live it down. Mm. I, I was almost worried that if I had my tryout so early in my career, I wasn't going to be ready. And then that was going to perhaps taint or, or, or influence their perception of me down the line. Because my plan was, you know, in the far future to get into the company, 
I don't know if I was ready. So he was like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to fill it out for you. So he filled out the application for me. He sent it out. Um, you know, my older sister helped me get it along too, because she knew somebody. So a lot of people don't know this. The try in Saudi Arabia, actually the, the talent for that try, wasn't found by WWE. It was through Saudi Arabia uh, and their oh. program. So as soon as that uh, application went out and it got into the right hands, I got a call saying, you need to come here ASAP. Like, can we get you on a plane next week? You're the only guy who's done this before. We need you here. And I was like, oh, yeah, dog, wow. yeah I guess I'll just, just I told my boss at the escape room and he was like, yeah, you're going to go do that. <laughs> I was like, sweet. So I flew over. I, I you know, uh, met up with my, my dad and my brothers and my sister and my, my family over there. And uh, that whole process was amazing because it was the first time I got to actually stand in a WWE ring and, and feel that and feel what it was like and perhaps uh, have my dreams come true. And I you know that's so cliche and cheesy, but it's kind of hard to explain that feeling when you think it's, it's not going to happen for so long. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, because of some random opportunity, you're there. And I treated that process. I think it was about a week of uh, the, uh, days of trying out. I treated that like if, if I was never going to get this opportunity again and I failed, I could never live with myself. So I pushed myself past the limit that I, that I even knew was possible. Uh, there were guys way more athletic than me, way stronger than me, uh, maybe even way more charismatic than me. But every single thing I did, promos, uh, conditioning, strength training, I gave 150% of myself because I knew that I had to because I treated it like my last chance. And, and thank God I'm here now. So, yeah, it's been a wild ride. It all worked out, my friend. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, what once you get the green light and stuff, is that like a Triple H conversation? Like, has, did he give any wisdom to you early doors? I mean, he was there. Yeah, he he came towards the end. Uh, you know, he got to meet everybody there and speak to everybody there and and kind of tell us, you know, this is an amazing opportunity. Like, um, not to waste it. Uh, I was selected among I think uh, three or four other guys who were ultimately on that show, which was right after the tryout. Mm -hmm. uh, we got some, we got the opportunity to do something, you know, pretty special and go out there when we weren't even signed yet. And we were told that there was no guarantee we would even get signed. So <laughs> even walking around backstage, I was walking on eggshell. Actually, I don't know if I should tell the story. This is. <laughs> uh, you started it out. Come on, bro. <laughs> okay. So um, we were, sort of in a little small locker room me and, and the other saudi boys well actually it was me the saudi boys and the sumo wrestler that they had for the battle royal <laughs> uh for the greatest Oral rumble uh we were sharing that and they were like okay you're gonna go to that bathroom over there right down the hall so that's the bathroom that i used um that all the boys used right so then the next time we were in saudi right this was for the uh the, the biggest battle royal yeah I was going to that bathroom because that was the bathroom that I knew that we used, right? That's, that's the one I go to. So I walk in and I go into the stall. I do my business. It's one of those horrible automatic flush toilets, which I hate because, yeah. you know, I like to adjust, right? And every time oh. I move an inch, it flushes. So, you know, it seems like I'm, I'm, you know, giving birth in there, right? <laughs> so that's happening. And I walk out and who do I see to my right sitting? Because there's, there's a few lockers here. It's sort of like a small locker room with three stalls. But there's Shane McMahon. Wow. And I'm seeing him there. I'm like, oh, uh, he's got his bags out. I'm like, oh, I, uh, hey, hey, how's it going? And he's like, looks at me with the most confused face. He's like, 
hey man i'm like i'm looking at my hands i'm like oh i can't i can't shake his hand right (laughs) obviously yeah so i I go over and i wash my hands right and then i look over at the towels and they're out so now my hands are wet i'm like i'm sorry and he's like oh no, no it's okay so then i go to walk out the door and he goes hey wait a minute i stop i freeze in a cold sweat i look over and he says who are you (laughs) i go i'm monsoor and he goes okay nice to meet you man i'm shane cool man nice to meet you (laughs) and i walk out i'm like god that was so weird like i totally bungled that interaction like i didn't shake his hand i wasn't respectful but then i was it was all weird and then i realized i went wait a minute i go back i look to the side of the door and there's a piece of paper that says shane mcmahon's locker room oh wow i'm like oh no have you had a chance to see him since I just took a dump in Shane McMahon's locker room. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's super cool. After the Battle Royal and after I cut my promo, like he was in Gorilla and he came over to me and he shook my hand. And he was like, hey, man, you did a great job. That was awesome. So I was like, oh, thank God. We're good. Because there's so many opportunities to get heat when you when you first go up. And uh, me being a complete and total bumbling idiot, I thought that was going to be it for me. So, yeah, that was a... Uh, <laughs> pretty embarrassing that's such a great story i'm so glad we prized it out of you my friend um, yeah I'm, i might i might be less happy <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you just said it about it then man the battle royal win i remember watching that show and like you know not to do you a disservice or anything but i remember buddy murphy in australia like that was a massive thing for him when he defended the or he won the cruiserweight title there and like getting those moments in front of your home fans is like you know once in a lifetime stuff and literally at the beginning of your career, that is such a monumental moment. The crowd went literally crazy when you won that battle royal. Like, can you briefly explain to me, like, a being told you're going to win it? I bet you was like, really? Uh, and b the, when the moment it happens, man, because like I said, that atmosphere, like, I, I you're going to remember that for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah. So it was very bizarre. Um, I remember we were all in the in this huge locker room really was more of like a indoor field because there were so many guys there and Jamie Noble is talking about the battle royal to everybody in it of course it's the the biggest battle royal in WWE history 50 man which ended up being 51 or whatever so uh, we're all standing there Jamie Noble's like okay here's the order of elimination here's that and then the final five and then yeah and then you hear Heath Slater in the crowd going who's winning this thing (laughs) and Jamie Noble goes uh the nxt kid and everybody's like huh? he's later who the hell's the nxt kid <laughs> and then jamie points at me standing in a corner and suddenly i feel eyes like daggers <laughs> uh that was rough man i i would ah, god it's tough, man. It's tough. Everybody's away from their families. They had to yeah. travel for 12 hours. And, you know, the last thing you want to hear is that some kid nobody even knows is winning this thing. So, yeah, that was that was kind of awkward. But, you know, like I said, like guys like Mustafa and, you know, a lot of guys were really nice and cool. And nobody was like nobody was like mean to me. Like, I, like even me, like I was being sort of disrespectful because I was so intimidated and I was so kind of taken aback. I didn't even take the time to go to each and every person in the locker room, shake their hands and introduce myself because I was so like, I don't even want to bother these people. I don't think they want anything to do with me. And, um, you know, Mustafa was actually a person who came up to me and was like, Hey man, like, 
I really appreciate if you, you know, shook everyone's hand and said hello to everybody. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like that's kind of the, the mind, uh, you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. that's tough with wrestling is like, sometimes you, you have to do the right thing. You got to get over your insecurity and your, your discomfort and just do it and just do the etiquette and what's proper and right. Uh, you know, for for locker room etiquette. So, so thankfully, thanks to him, that's what I did. You mentioned um, stuff early. Sorry, I just wanted to interject. Yeah, no worries. Because, because that's an awesome segue. I know we haven't got a lot of time left, so I did want to find the time to talk about Ali and yourself because I'm very much enjoying that kind of blossoming thing you two have uh, that's been a couple of backstage segments on Raw. It's kind of left me like, yeah, I really hope that they kind of get together because Ali's obviously awesome in so many different ways. Um is that something that you hope for your character as well? Like working closely with Ali, you know, be it rivals in the ring, a team, because like, once you come up, I mean, I think you was 49 and oh, and then that kind of was just like, Oh, he's not unbeaten anymore. Um, so a was, was the record like a thing? Like, cause I think fans knew it was a thing, but was that yeah. discussed as a thing before your raw debut and, and B, you know, Ali man, what's your hopes? No, it was absolutely not a thing. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't even really like, I remember when I realized that I hadn't been losing. I was like, this is weird. Like, what, what, what's going on around here? Uh, and then some fan was like, hey, did you know that you haven't, like, lost since, like, August of last year? Like, you're, like, 30, you know? And I was like, no, I didn't know that. And then it kind of, like, part of me was like, okay, like, what's, like, what's going on around here? Like, what's, what's the purpose for this? It even came a point where I would actually go to people in the office. I won't say who, but I would go to people in the office and say, please, I want to lose. Let me, let me lose. I'm begging you. I want to put this guy over. And they were like, no. And, and I think something that might have had to do with it is a conversation I had with Vince McMahon in Saudi Arabia where he was like, we're going to get you gearing up to, to join us on the, on the main roster. And for, I think maybe the pandemic might have stalled that, um, but for whatever reason, it, it was it was very much it took a while. And I think that maybe because those plans were in motion, there might have been some kind of uh, edict. You know what I mean? So sure. I don't know too much about the, the inner workings of the politics. Um, so eventually, it sort of as like a rib. I was like, "Hey, check it out, guys! I'm undefeated. I'm the new Goldberg," <laughs> which is so silly. Uh, and then, of course, when I debut on Raw, I lose by DQ. <laughs> just like, what not a even a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I truly, it did not, they didn't bother me one bit. I did not care about that that streak. I mean, it's like I always say, like, um, you, you can, I would rather lose every week than win occasionally. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just want to be a part of, of Raw. Like, I just want to be on every week. I want to work and wrestle every week. I want to be a part of uh, storylines and sagas. And, and like this thing with Mustafa Ali, I think is amazing because it has so much potential to go a certain way. Like what I, what I really like about it is that there's intrigue. Like it's not a straight up, like it could have been, I could have had a match one day and then Mustafa could have ran in, beat me up and said, you're who I was two years ago. And I'm going to teach you a lesson. No, it's, it's not that it's, it's him coming to me and trying to be a mentor yeah. And me not immediately opening up to him so that there's that question of is, is Mansoor going to gonna go with Mustafa and turn to the dark side? Or, or maybe is Mansoor going to imbue that optimism and hopefulness that he has and change, change Ali back to the light, so to speak, as, as corny as that sounds? I, I think like it's it. cool. 
that there's that avenue and, and, and that crossroads because then every time we share a ring together, fans are going to be like, is this the day that something happens? Is something going to happen? You know what I mean? I love that. That's what I love about, about WWE and wrestling is that it's that live storytelling where you don't know what's going to happen. It could happen any week and you might even be there for it. So I'm really excited for that. And, and I couldn't ask for a better partner than Mustafa in this story who is such a professional and such a just incredible performer. Absolutely, man. I've had a wonderful time having you on the show today, Mansoor. That's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for dropping by. Man, I could do this longer, but I realise you're a busy man. You're in demand. Uh, So I guess we'll have to save this for another time, man. But thank you so much for joining us here on Talk Wrestling. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast. We say every week, but do give us a rating and a review. It does help other people find the show with me, Will Gavin. And Talk Sports Wrestling's are Alex McCarthy. Plenty more cracking stuff coming up for you this week to tuck into. So head to talksport.com forward slash wrestling. Check out Alex's Twitter feed at alexm underscore talksport. And we'll be back next Monday night with the latest from the world of graps. It's been Talk Wrestling on your Fight Night feed from Talk Sports. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.